welcome to Wisconsin DNR's Wild Wisconsin Off the Record Podcast. Information straight from the source. of the DNR Wild Wisconsin Off the Record Podcast. I'm here with Sean Wozniak from Mayville Engineering Company, um, Eric Barber, who's DNR's social media coordinator, and I'm Sawyer Briel. I work in the Fish, Wildlife, and Parks Division. So as a reminder, um, be sure to check out the Wild Wisconsin web series. Uh, Mayville Engineering is actually one of our great sponsors on that one. Uh, so thanks to them for helping us make that a reality. Um, these podcasts help us go into a little bit more detail uh, following those web series segments. So if something piqued your interest, these podcasts are going to give you um, kind of a better look at some of the behind-the-scenes stuff and if you're really looking to dig into more of the information there. Um, so we also want to thank our other sponsors, um, Legendary Whitetails and then uh, Vortex Optics. So all three Wisconsin companies, um, it's great for us. It's been fun for us working with all of them. Um, so just as a quick overview for this podcast, we're going to be talking with Sean um, about some of the things that MEC offers hunters uh, with their shooting sports division. Uh, maybe ask him about some of the cool stuff they're working on now. Uh, we'll get you guys some footage of inside the factory. So if anyone that uses their reloaders, you're going to get to see where it's made, how it's made. Um, so I think it's going to be really cool. So I guess you guys ready to get started? We're ready. All right, great. So first things first. Uh, that we like to, to ask people before we get started. Sean, what is, what is your hunting experience? What's hunting mean to you? Why do you do it? It's really a passion and kind of what, what drove me to be in this industry. Um, I grew up in Wisconsin, uh, grew up in the area actually, and hunted fish all, all around. And it, it really is a passion and something I look forward to doing after work. And it's not too hard to come to work when you actually get to load ammunition and, mm -hmm. and then be able to talk with everyone on their experiences and, and how well the equipment has worked for them and be, be able to showcase from the reloading room to the field. It's a full circle, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In this Horicon area, there's definitely a lot of opportunity for hunting and fishing, so <laughs> no shortage of that. Yeah. No, it's hop, skip, jump away after work, and yep. you're right there in the field. Yep. Yep. If you like to shoot a shotgun, um, I would recommend coming to this part of the state yeah. and there's no short of opportunity there. So so why don't we get into it? So what is Mayville Engineering Company? Just a brief history overview for, for people who may not be aware of what you guys do. So smaller portion, I guess we'll go back to how it all began. Uh, 1945, Ted and Leo Bakke were started the business in a, in a garage down by the Rock River in, in Mayville, Wisconsin. Uh, from there, they were avid shooters, loved to trap shoot got sick of buying shells, so they ended up making their own reloader. Mm -hmm. uh, they wanted to travel through all the different state shoots, and then finally people were like, well, can you make me one? Light bulb popped on, 1955, they started manufacturing. So from 1955 till current, we're still in the shot shell reloading market, but also we, we basically diversified into different markets, so contract fabrication. We do a lot of work for uh, Harley-Davidson, who's down in Milwaukee, uh, Mercury Marine, right up in Fond du Lac. Uh, John Deere, right in Oricon. 
So some of those major uh, manufacturers as well, we make parts for them. Mm -hmm. And how many locations do you guys have? Total of 16 different locations, okay. uh, mostly out of Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, Virginia, South Carolina, and Mississippi. So 16, but it started right here. It started all right here in Mabel, Wisconsin. Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, so we're in the shooting sports division building now, uh, and we're going to show you some of the stuff in the room. We're in a really cool room right now. There's a couple cool guns in here. Uh, but can you talk a little bit about, uh, I know you work for the shooting sports division, so so is that kind of part of the company as a whole, or, or what's an overview of what you guys do? What we do is basically we're, we're a portion of Greater Mech. Uh, the shooting sports side is with our shot show reloaders, clay target machines, and our metallic reloading line now. Awesome. So what does what does Mech offer hunters, like the average hunter, you know, who wants to get into reloading? Um, could you just kind of touch on some of the benefits of that and, you know, how somebody can, can get into reloading? I'll use you kind of an example, too. I mean, you can go out and buy some less expensive shells and go out hunting. Sometimes you cripple birds. With reloading, you can really customize that load so you have the most lethal penetration out there. So you're not sending the dog out, or sometimes you play the dog and mm -hmm. you got to chase birds down. So you're able to customize and basically maximize performance and, and be able to make something for yourself and then go out there and harvest game. So it's kind of a satisfaction, too. Yeah. I actually made this. I went out and I actually harvested game and then back to back to square one. Well, and just yesterday we were up in uh, Kiel doing a segment about processing your own deer, and this is basically the other side of that. You know, you shoot a deer, you get to process it yourself. Well, same thing with going out waterfowl hunting. You're creating the, your own shell before you take it to the field, and that's kind of a cool connection to get back to square one. Right. So. And I think it's really good that you mentioned a lot of people think about sometimes the economics of all this, the ease of doing it in your house, but some people may not think about uh, just the value that a better load offers in the field. And you mentioned crippling ducks. Any hunter, that's the last thing you want to do, whether you, you miss a shot on a deer and you're trailing it and you either can't find it or it's wounded or or you cripple a duck. So I think that's really important to touch on is kind of the importance of making sure um, that your load's right when you go out into the field so you have the best chance to knock that duck down. Exactly. And even with the launch of the mech marksman, that's a precision. You're making a precision round for that rifle. Mm -hmm. And again, you, you're, you're learning your equipment. It's going to be able to perform at its best <clears throat> possible accuracy. And then it's just up to you for shot placement. Mm -hmm. and, and we all want to make sure that we have a clean harvest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's another field that I feel like is growing a whole bunch right now is the long-range shooting. I mean, we've talked about that a little bit with Vortex. I mean, they're getting into that quite a bit, and I'm sure you guys see that, you know, on, on your side of things. We, we do, and that was kind of a big push for us to launch this new product. Uh, we launched in January of this year, and talking with even Vortex, too, because we got some friends down there. Mm -hmm. But just kind of seeing what the really market is doing, and, and it's really expanding in that in that sector. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And awesome. I have a lot of friends, too. They'll buy a super expensive gun, but then they'll go to the clearance bin and buy the cheapest shells right. um, at the sporting goods store. Uh, so this is just another thing of making sure you're preparing for your hunt. This is just one more box to check before you go out in the field. Um, there's no reason not to shoot the best shells that you possibly can. We just touched on that. So kind of to back up a little bit. So how does, realistically, how does someone get into reloading? So say I've bought shells my whole life. I'm tired of it. Uh, I want to do it in my basement. I want to know exactly what's going in. I want the best shot in my shotgun. So how does someone get into it? 
it's it's kind of come down to education and it's getting over the fear. I mean, I got a lot of single families coming in, especially with the youth youth growing, and mom scared or dad scared of gunpowder. Mm-hmm. Well, really, it's in a, it's in a canister as long as you're safe and don't have any any flames in the area. Mm-hmm. And really, the powder manufacturers put out a, a ton of recipes that are great for people to follow. And and the, really, it's coming into talking with those powder companies and seeing what you're currently shooting and kind of ideally ideally uh, tailoring it to what, what your needs are. And then from there, you can try different loads and see what best fits you and you're gone and then be able to go into it that yeah. way. But we have a ton of videos, uh, educational videos, that show the process, the reloading process <coughs> in each machine. So uh, we're a great source too. I mean, give us a call. Uh, a lot of... A lot of times people ask that same question. I want to get into mm-hmm. it. How do I do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we kind of walk them through the process. And once they actually do it, they're like, well, that's pretty darn easy. Right. And it really it is. And I'll have you actually load two today, one shell, and, mm-hmm. and just see how easy the process is. That's awesome. I did it. It was a long time ago, but I did it. <laughs> a little so, refresher for Yeah, us. we're, we're going to see how that goes. But and that, I mean, that's not to interrupt, but that's a cool um, kind of avenue there that you touched on with the youth. Because I, I think back to when I was getting into fishing, I was like six, seven years old, and my dad had me down in the basement, and we were painting jig heads. Uh, he bought a blank rod, and we put that together, and that was a really cool kind of stepping stone for me getting into getting more into fishing kind of gave you a little bit more ownership over the sport and I, I think that's a really good point to uh, kind of recruit new hunters I guess and new shooters new shooters and you know hopefully that's going to retain them mm-hmm. and and reloading helps that as well I mean we talked a little bit about re- the why people reload but also reduce recoil mm-hmm. uh, a lot of these kids are pretty young and and not as built built up yet so some of those loads out there that can have some punishing recoil yeah so reloading you can actually customize it so it's an enjoyable experience for everybody and honestly you could take a kid on the the waterfall hunt of a lifetime in arkansas or something and if the first time he shoots it knocks him on his butt that could kind of put a bad taste in his mouth forever so this that's something you got to think about too is just one of those little things recoil that could kind of change the way you get someone into hunting exactly and Mm -hmm. a lot of people might not think about that right absolutely and to touch a little bit more on the youth thing, have you guys seen an influx of more people reloading with kind of the, the high school trap shooting movement? We, we have. Uh, a lot of the coaches are getting into it as a lot of kids don't have a lot of money as well, and they want to be able to participate in something. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the coaches are out there loading for the kids and being able to support them that way. Yeah. And it's also giving the kids kind of a better understanding um, of how it all works and the work that goes into it. So I think that's beneficial on the other side too. Because mm-hmm. just in probably the last 10 years, just I've tried to keep an eye on, but I've, I've seen the, the high school trap shooting kind of grow. It's, and it seems like people are getting real serious about it now too. So that's just another reason to want to know exactly what's going into your shell. Exactly. I mean, the, the, the stage of shooting 100 straight, for some of these kids, it's kind of nothing. So mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. miss a target, you're out. Well, is it going to come down to performance ammunition, or is it, it, it's so, so, basically you got to shoot 100 in order to compete now, which, yeah. is, which is crazy. Yeah, I that mean, is unbelievable. I mean, we, us growing up, we didn't have that opportunity, so we shot against all the old guys, mm-hmm. yep. and that was our competition. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, the, the youth sector is just blowing up phenomenally. Yeah. So, so for someone who might not understand what shooting 100 means... Could you explain that? Sure. I mean, so a lot of the registered events, even like with the SCTP, 
uh, some of the youth groups, they, they'll shoot 100 <coughs> targets. Mm -hmm. So nine times out of 10, kids get to shoot close to 100 in our place, and then there's a shoot off, and then who knows how many more they shoot until mm -hmm. someone misses. Yeah. So. There's a lot of 16, 17-year-old kids out there who'd probably be kicking our tails. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping to go to the range next week to prepare for duck hunting, and I'm just hoping no one's there with a camera or watching me because it's going to be ugly. Just let yep. me know what time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> See you in a ghillie suit in the bushes with the camera. So we touched on economics not being the huge driver sometimes, but can you touch on maybe how it might be cheaper for someone to load at home? In, in it, it, that's another big question. A lot of people will just look at price point, and there's a lot of economy shells out there mm -hmm. versus a premium shell. And what a reload is, it's a premium shell. So a lot of people compare apples to oranges and not apples to apples. Mm -hmm. So if you look at a premium box of shells, either $850 and $950 box of shells, you can reload for four seventy five on average. Mm -hmm. your, your biggest cost going into it is going to be your lead. Obviously, you're picking up the hulls from the club. You got yep. to buy primers, powder, shot, and wads. Mm -hmm. and, and lead's the most volatile, basically, where the price goes up and down the most. So could you just, I guess, go off of, you talked about the difference between a premium shell and more of an economic shell. Could you just kind of touch on that for anyone that may not be familiar with that? Sure, sure. So your, your premium shell is basically going to be more reloadable. Mm -hmm. So you'll be able to get eight to 10 reloads out of it. And it's made with a brass head. So I'll show you guys in a, in a minute too the casing. But it's made with brass, so it's pliable, it's easier to resize, easier on the equipment, and able to put it back to a factory spec. Awesome. The economy shells are made with a, a less quality plastic. So on average, you get maybe two to three. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes you don't get that much. And mm -hmm. they're made with a steel head. Mm -hmm. So it's harder to resize, and, it, and basically it's harder for it to be going back in the chamber. Mm. So longevity, that's why the premium shells cost mm -hmm. a little more, because you can reload them longer. Right. So have you seen, so say in the last 10 years, have you seen kind of more people reloading now than you saw 10 years ago, or is it hard to tell? Or It, it actually, we reversed. Uh, we had a little bit of a powder shortage two years ago. And that cut into the market. Mm -hmm. And and now pe people are starting to get back into reloading, especially with the youth. Mm -hmm. But but we did see a little bit of fall off in the market. Mm -hmm. And so we touched on the videos that you guys have on your website. Uh, for someone who might be intimidated um, about maybe trying to load their own, or I don't want to say scared, but they might not have the knowledge. So you guys mentioned you have videos on your website. We have videos on our website. Uh, we do a lot of state shoots around the, around the U.S. And then we also have NRA instructors mm -hmm. that go out to the big box stores like your Cabela Sportsman's Warehouse, and they put on reloading clinics too. So the best thing is just get in touch with us here and kind of figure out where we're going to be. I mean, we travel around the, the whole United States, mm -hmm. and if we're in your area, we can kind of line up a time where you can come in and visit and just see how the process is awesome. done. Mm -hmm. So where can people learn more about MEC? Is it the website? Is usually the top place you guys are sending people? Website, uh, YouTube channel. I mean, basically anything with our social media. Okay. That, that's where we try to put a lot of content. Perfect. Okay. And for the people listening, we're going to send you links to all those. Um, so now that we've talked about kind of the, the reloading thing and kind of the, the X and Y of it, talk about the cool stuff that you guys are working on right now. You guys can't see it, but I'm looking at one of the gnarliest shotguns I've ever seen in my life on the wall right here. That was with uh, Dave Miller from CZ Shooting USA. Uh, we put together 16 of our clay target machines so they continuously fire, and he broke Guinness World, War, World Record 
uh, with one of the guns. He had 16 total going, and the gun could hold six, 17 plus one, and he broke 3,653 targets from the hip. So he owns that record. <laughs> Uh, he has some other things in the works. Uh, can't say anything on it yet, but he's going to be looking at breaking another record, and we'll be there helping to support him. That sounds like one of those Ted Williams, Mount Rushmore's of records that may not be broken anytime <laughs> soon. So that's, that's pretty impressive. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about that you might have coming out soon or new stuff coming on the market? Uh, clay target machines. We're launching a total of 10 new machines, uh, 70 millimeter. That's kind of the new, new fad right now. Uh, clay targets basically come in a 60, 90, or 108, so that's kind of the sizes. Now there's a 70 millimeter. Mm -hmm. uh, we're launching that right now. Uh, we're so what? So what do those sizes mean? So they're basically different targets. So okay. 60 millimeter, 90, 108. Okay. So basically, what you guys standard shooters shoot uh, standard 108 clay target. So, yeah. so I'm gonna need the 108s. Is yeah. What, is what it sounded. The bigger the better. <laughs> the slower the better. <laughs> so and then we touched on the importance of a load with kind of ethical hunting but shot placement and also being comfortable with your gun is huge too so how can how can putting in the work with kind of the target thrower do that for you so it's kind of twofold so reloading saves you money i'm gonna say it doesn't because you know what happens you shoot more mm -hmm. for the same cost mm -hmm. but makes you more proficient with your firearm and being able to go from the reloading bench to go out in the backyard with one of our one of our clay target machines to practice and then start the whole cycle over again the other thing too is with your rifle, with the marksman, able to go out, shoot, test ammunition, making sure you're as accurate as possible. Mm -hmm. So that that'll be potentially something in the future. Yeah. Tar targets for that. Mm -hmm. Well, and that, it's this kind of brought me to another idea of uh, just kind of hearing you talk about the clay target throwers. It seems like shooting is getting more and more accessible to people. I know we have all kinds. The DNR itself has a whole lot of uh, you know public shooting ranges all across the state. And now with being able to, you know, buy some of these, you know, more high-performance clay target throwers, there's really no reason to say you don't have a place to shoot. And it's fun. Yeah, like, exactly. It's fun. It's it's not like, it's not like you're going out into the backyard like, oh, dang it, I gotta go practice shooting again. Like it's <laughs> it's fun. I do it all the time. Uh, like it it is just a lot of fun. So do you guys have? kind of levels of throwers that you're working with as far as price points and what they might offer? We do. So our, our consumer base small club machine is our 100E series. Uh, we launched that two years ago. So the 100E series holds 135 targets, which is basically a case of targets. Mm -hmm. And from there, uh, a lot of people put it in the backyard, small clubs, put it up as a side event. Yep. And then from there, our 200 series uh, on up. So we have an E series, which is our steel frame and then an XP series, which is stainless and aluminum. So the E series comes with a three year warranty, XP series comes with a five year warranty. Awesome. So yes, we do have from a consumer base all the way up to commercial club machines available. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So for our viewers that might be thinking, well, this is a deer web series, why are we talking about reload and shotguns? All three of us know that whether it's deer season, whether it's turkey season, we're thinking about every season at every minute of every day. So if it's too hot, Eric last weekend it was too hot. He didn't Absolutely. get out in the bull stand. Um, those are the kinds of times where you should be thinking about this stuff. And deer season when you're not in the stand is the perfect time to get ready for maybe some late season waterfowl hunting, maybe the next spring turkey season. Um, and this is a great way to do that. Mm -hmm. No, it's a good hobby. It's a good pastime. And, and I mean, knowing what your load will do and what your gun performance can do 
it's only going to make you more successful in the field. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's an enjoyable experience all around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Eric, did you have any closing thoughts for no, me? I think you just kind of touched on it right there. Just, you know, why are we talking about this kind of stuff on a gear web series? Well, just like in high school where they say the best athletes are the ones that experiment with a whole bunch of different sports. Mm -hmm. Same thing with hunting. I think, you know, if you're, if you want to be a great deer hunter, I think it's, you know, also goes into, you know, understanding uh, waterfowl, turkeys, whatever, uh, kind of goes into the overall woodsmanship idea. So mm -hmm. I think that's a really good point. Mm -hmm. Sean, did you have any closing thoughts or anything else you wanted to touch on? I think we're good. It's just really showcasing that experience and, and knowing what you're, you're capable of, mm -hmm. capable of and, and doing the correct thing for the waterfall or, or whatever you're hunting to have a clean harvest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great. Well, thank you for joining us for another Off the Record podcast as part of the Wild Wisconsin series. Uh, as a reminder to check out those web series segments, uh, we got great sponsors on board like Mech. Uh, we're out in Mayville today, so you guys should come check this out. This place is super cool. Once again, we're going to show you a, a clip of that shotgun, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but remember to check out dnr.wi.gov, keywords Wild Wisconsin. Uh, we're also going to give you all the links to Mech. You're going to be able to go check that out. So if it's too hot or if you already tagged out on your buck, um, go in the backyard and shoot clay pigeons, and these guys are going to help you do it. So thanks for joining us.